Hello and welcome to another edition of Sports Talk with Mitchell Gambin. You're on the Hustler Airways. Uh, I'm very excited to be sitting down this week and getting my thoughts off about what's happening in the sports landscape, especially, especially NBA and NRL um, back home, the National Rugby League. Uh, with that around the corner, it's very exciting. What I will say um, before I start anything, I'm recording this on Tuesday, Australia time, which um, which is the day that Kobe was... was and Kobe and Gigi were had a memorial held for them um, in the Staples Center, Los Angeles, the place where Lakers play, Clippers, etc. But more importantly, the Lakers, um, in this case, pretty much Kobe Bryant's second home for the span of his NBA career, um, the place where he won multiple championships, the place where he put in hours of dedication, um, the place where he put his body on the line for his team. And that kind of that personifies what Kobe Bryant was, just a just a hustler, um, someone who who put in the extra hours, who thought if you can get there early and leave late, you're putting yourself a, ahead of the opposition, which is such a um, it's almost like that is that is what a lot of people say they do or say they should do. But the difference between saying and doing is huge. And Kobe Bryant was the personification of doing. He was always just, you know, it was never hypothesizing, etc. What, what's this? What's that? Never speaking in hypotheticals. It was always, what do I want? What do I have to do to get there? Let me do it. Which is something that can be com- uh, pretty much overstated. Uh, understated, sorry. Um, but you want people like that to be remembered in a beautiful light and I think the way that him and Gigi have been remembered is beautiful I think um, the turnout they got at the Staples Center was beautiful uh, the way it brought everyone together um, you had people like Michael Jordan crying uh, that just shows you how much Kobe Bryant meant to him and to the community um, Shaquille O'Neal was there um, told a few touching memory uh, told a few touching stories from his time uh, knowing Kobe Bryant and then his wife Vanessa Bryant as well uh, she said some beautiful words remembering Kobe remembering Gigi uh, and it was really hard for her you could see it on her face that she was struggling um, but she got through it for them too and I think it was just nice to see everyone get together and of course it's for a sad sad occasion but I think the way they held that and the community got together the NBA community the just people Kobe knew um, Kobe and Gigi knew the way they got together would make Kobe and Gigi proud and make them feel happy that they had a celebration of life like that uh, it was a beautiful memorial and hoping that Kobe is always remembered in that light um, as a hustler someone who just worked for that what they wanted and even his post NBA career um, that's going to be the blueprint for NBA players from this point is that the way he transitioned into into uh, post-career life um, in terms of NBA is something to admire, something that all sports stars tend to struggle with, uh, if not in a large capacity, um, a smaller capacity. But it is a, it is very hard for a lot of these a lot of these um, sports stars to adapt to life after their sport. But Kobe Bryant showed that it is possible to thrive in business in your post-career career. career. Um, 
just like you did in your sports career. So, um, yeah, that's that's what I have to say about that. Uh, rest in peace, Kobe, Bryant, and Gigi. Um, you impacted me more than you know, just a young boy from Australia. Uh, Kobe Bryant's best years were before I started following the NBA. I think 2010 was his last championship. I started following it around then, 2010, 2011, um, more intensely, say, 2012 and onwards when, when LeBron joined the Heat. And, um, yeah, I think that shows you how much Kobe had an impact because he was always my favorite player, um, always just respected the way he went about it, always just loved watching him speak, even just watching him play. But watching him speak, you just saw so much motivation, passion, um, love for the game, uh, care for care for his craft, care for what he does, um, his love for his family, especially his daughters, but also his wife. Um, he was a model of of what to what you want to be like as a man, um, someone who dedicates everything to their craft, um, but is also also takes that same dedication to their family. Um, so rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, um, Gigi Bryant. Rest easy, and yeah. So on to the topics for today. Um, what I do want to talk about is how I think we're getting a clearer picture of who's going to be in the NBA Finals, or at least the the respective conferences finals, so the Western and Eastern. Um, unless they have to face earlier, I can't see anyone beating the Lakers and the Clippers in seven games. Um, so I, I do anticipate those teams going um, to the Western Conference Finals. And then Milwaukee and Toronto, same thing. As long as they don't have to face each other in the earlier rounds, I think it's almost a given that those two will be in the Eastern Conference Finals. The only team that I think might knock off the Raptors, but definitely not Milwaukee, would be uh, the Boston Celtics. Other than that... Um, I just don't. I don't think. I don't think your Miami Heat, um, your Houston Rockets, your Denver Nuggets, Utah. Um, I don't. I I like them, especially Houston's hard to say, but based on what the past has shown us, Harden doesn't deliver in in big time, and neither does Westbrook. Um, and I just don't think, given that they're actually probably versing a team. Uh, they actually have the potential to face a team like the Clippers or like the Lakers that could better could potentially have a better matchup um, than say the Warriors back in 2016, 17, 17, 18, etc., where they where they pretty much met met shooting with shooting, and it was just threes like threes galore i think this would be a lot of a diff a lot different of a game um especially a series when you're talking seven games i just can't see westbrook and harden with the supporting cast they have as well very small supporting cast in terms of height um i can't see them getting four games up on lakers or clippers i just think lakers with lebron with ad um they're just going to be too strong especially with their supporting cast um not world beaters at their supporting cars, but the chemistry and the way they've all brought into the bigger goal, which is the NBA championship, has been um, amazing. And I think it's the best. It's the best we've seen LeBron's team's chemistry 
for a long time um especially with like, usually before the all-star break we're talking about oh lebron what trades it what trades are lebron's gonna ma- lebron gonna make gm lebron etc um and and what this has shown is that there was no rumors really other than who they might acquire there was no um like the most that we got was kyle kuzma might be on the trading block and that was that was just speculation obviously he looks happy with the lakers he has his moments but he's young and i think the the lessons he's learning from lebron um and also ad would be better than any other place he could go to to be the man i don't think he is the man of a team i think being that second or third guy is is a good spot for kuzma because he's an exceptional player really amazing player um can can score a bucket um, very athletic uh, so i think just having that having that leader in lebron or ad over kuzma will be what what allows him to be a, a exceptional role player, even a, an exceptional starter that has a really big role in a team, but just LeBron and AD, um, yeah, just on another level. And then you got the Clippers. I can't see Houston beating them in, in the same thing four times in a seven-game series. I like I like Westbrook. I like Harden. Their games are their games are um, solid. Harden can just put up 60 any given night. Westbrook can drop 30, 10, and 10 any given night. 30 and 20 and 20, really, um, on a great night. So they're, they're definitely capable. I just think it's not even the, the, the skill level when we talk NBA Finals or NBA um, Conference Finals. It's more, more so who can keep their cool about them. And I just think that's something that uh, historically... Harden and Westbrook have shown they they do tend to struggle in those big moments Um, and given that they're going to be facing either say a Kawhi um, and Paul George led Clippers team that has defense for days in Patrick Beverly uh, now Marcus Morris um, you got offense uh, even Montrezl Harrell to an extent but um, say that that offense as well um, for Clippers Kawhi can put up 30. Um, Paul George can put up 30. Lou Williams can put up 30 in 16 minutes off the bench. Uh, Marcus Morris on his day can hit hit two two to four threes. Um, yeah, and that just that just leaves them open to so so um, many weaknesses. The Houston Rockets, because first of all, they're facing a team that has exceptional defense which against Houston who's a team that's trying to get open trying to hit those threes trying to either hit those layups or threes there's no real emphasis on that mid-range game um if you've got players like Kawhi Paul George Patrick Beverly um locking down your best players it might take too much out of them and then you're talking about a Houston defense that um, can get some stops, but even with the loss of Capella, it makes it a lot harder. They don't really have a defensive anchor. Um, so, yeah, I don't see that. So, pretty much Lakers and Clippers would be the most likely NBA uh, Western Conference Finals for me. And then the reason I think Toronto is that they've just got such... They're another another team that you say um, 
has a has a team that's better than the sum of its parts. Uh, two years ago, saying a Pascal Siakam led team uh, would would go to the NBA Finals would be crazy because Pascal Siakam hadn't um, hadn't developed yet. He was new to the league. He was young. He was raw. Uh, and at the time, I think they had Kyle Lowry and and Demar Derozan. Uh, heading the heading the team, and it didn't look like it was going to be any different for a long time because those two had been such a vital part in the face of of the Toronto Raptors franchise. But when uh, when Kawhi got traded to Toronto, I think that changed the landscape of the NBA in the sense that it balanced out the powers that be. Um, it made the Eastern Conference very one-sided in the sense that you didn't really expect. Um, it to be a, a hard-fought um, road to the to the NBA Finals for whichever team came out on top. Uh, the only two teams that really faced any uh, put up any fight was Toronto and Milwaukee, and I think what they what they um, what they showed us was that, especially in those finals, what what we saw was that Kawhi being the man allowed Pascal Siakam to just develop under uh, behind the scenes, uh, under the radar. Defences were so worried about Kawhi Leonard, etc., that Fred Van Fleet, Pascal Siakam, um, even Kyle Lowry didn't have to be the man. He could just take a seat back and be the player that we know him a bit more now, is, which is just that bulldog, that, that, that player that takes the charge, the player that uh, makes the right pass, the player that can get you 16 to 25 points, but it's not necessary. Like, it's not. It's not vital because he's not the leading man. And now, um, now that Kawhi's gone, I think Pascal Siakam. That's his team, and he's just got such a good supporting cast. And I think that experience from last year is going to help them so much come playoff time. I like them more than I like the Boston Celtics. However, I do think this time around, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, um, they've both been to these big moments the new one is Kemba Walker uh, he's an experienced veteran you would even say in the NBA but he just he hasn't had that deep playoff push and hopefully hopefully Tatum and Brown even though they're a ton younger Tatum's only 21 I think Jalen Brown's around a similar age um, hopefully they can rally around Kemba and Kemba can can show off uh, his skill in a in in the part of the year that I think he was built for which is intense clutch playoff basketball I think Kemba will be comfortable in that but obviously we can't really tell until we see see a sample size of it um so I do like Boston Celtics I just don't love them I think Milwaukee and Toronto look like the strongest two teams coming out of the east Miami they're looking really good especially with Jimmy Butler um Bam Adebayo breaking out as an all-star uh, and then they've just got a beautiful supporting cast around them. In um, you know you've got Tyler Harrow, who's pretty much a, a spot up shooter, can shoot, he can go off for ten threes in a game. Um, and then you've got pretty much the whole supporting cast, who just another team seems to be the consensus of today's uh, episode, which is just better than the sum of their parts. That's why having the NBA restore, like the balance restored in the NBA is so such a good thing to see because um, 
so many teams are just building where they're better than some of the past. They've got that one star player that just has a really good supporting cast around them and it's creating a bit of anticipation come playoff time. We don't have a, a set Cavs-Warriors finals, which was so fun while I was around, but now that we have this, it, it does make it a bit more exciting, especially for people like me looking from the outside in. Um, it, it leaves the speculation up and, and adds the intrigue to say these last few few months of regular season basketball to see who gets the good spots, see which players break out after the All-Star game, to see um, which which teams break away from the pack and show that they're, they're going to be up there um, with the best of them in the playoffs. So I have no definite answer and I'm probably going to be wrong. But I think Lakers and Milwaukee meet in the finals. Um, the reason I think that is just that experience won. Um, Lakers in in LeBron, you just can't you can't turn down LeBron in the finals uh, in the playoffs. Sorry, he's just way too reliable. Uh, he's a new person in the playoffs, and if if his regular season plays any indication. He's still the same LeBron that we're used to, so there's no decline, which is crazy to think. He's about 35 now, 17th season in the NBA, and he's still he's still kicking along. So, um, I just I like them in a seven-game series against the Clippers. Uh, AD obviously hasn't got as much deep playoff action as LeBron, but I think having LeBron there um, to guide him through those unknown territories plus the natural skill that Anthony Davis has. I think they'll just be able to take take Clippers over the edge and um, come out of the Western Conference. And then Milwaukee, it's hard to look past Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, he obviously has shown that he can falter in the playoffs a bit and having no shot, no jump shot can be detrimental. But he has improved so much on his jump shot. When you put him next to a player, say, like Ben Simmons... Who, um, who I love, fellow Aussie, etc. Um, when you put him next to a player like that, you're looking at two players who came into the league without a jump shot and one who's developed it to substandard level and the other who's really still 10% there, at, which is Ben Simmons. So I think Ben Simmons should look at... Look at um, Giannis Antetokounmpo and and check what he's done to get that jump shot going and a big thing it comes down to is confidence I think uh, a lot of the time that's all it is it's a lot different watching Ben Simmons hit threes non-stop in practice than it is in front of 20,000 people on national TV taking a shot with the risk of airballing it like these players nowadays especially I've never had more eyes on them than now uh, one airborne three and it's a meme uh, it's a video on Bleacher Report so yeah I just I, I, I do think Giannis um, his lack of a jump shot uh, a, a really like a solid reliable jump shot will come to haunt him in the finals if they do make it however there's no better place to really just gain that confidence and take a few shots um, that you used, you may have not used to um, and, and get that confidence in your jump shot. If Giannis can be a threat from both outside um, and inside, 
I think well, I think they work off each other. If he can be a threat from outside, he's going to open up the game so much for himself because now all of a sudden you're probably going to have LeBron, potentially AD, guarding him. <clears throat> and instead of just laying back on him and protecting the paint for a potential drive where Giannis just dunks it or lays it up so easily because he's um, just so long, uh, now they're going to have to respect him on the three-point line. and can, He can either shoot or he can he can um, use a fake or something along those lines to to get himself free and and, and dunk in. So um, yeah, I think I think that's going to be the big the big uh, boiling point as to who wins the NBA Finals this year. It'll be Milwaukee if I think if Giannis can develop that jump shot. Um, as I said, he's he's done amazing to get it to where it is now, and it's almost impossible to get it better than what it was before the start of the season um, while you're in NBA season they're just they're so they're playing so often that it's almost impossible to hone your craft other than at practices but I do think if he can just find that confidence and take those shots even if he misses a couple the more he makes the more players are going to have to respect him and in the NBA finals if they respect him from the three well that just opens up a whole big lane for him to just drop point after point in the paint so um that'll be exciting to watch that'll be something that um i'll have my eyes on come nba finals time later in the year but yeah um other than that i guess i didn't touch on it uh philly um what i do think is that philly may not be up there I think they might actually face an early exit in the playoffs this year I don't like saying that because Ben Simmons is someone that I look up to um he the way he came from Australia is such a big impact in the NBA is um admirable and the way that he still kind of shouts out Australia and makes makes it known that he's uh from Australia is admirable um and it shows just how far we've come in the basketball world but I just don't think a team with a non-jump shooting Ben Simmons and a Joel Embiid who was so dominant inside, um, who has to now be almost a stretch big, who focuses almost too much on the, that outside jumper to make up for Ben Simmons' deficiencies. Uh, I just don't see them operating in the playoffs. The defense is better. You're not versing teams that are 11 and 50. Um, Yes, I'm talking to you, New York Knicks. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I just I don't I don't see them operating against a defense that knows what they're gonna do, uh, especially if you talk if they have an early early matchup against Milwaukee. Uh, all of a sudden, it could be like a first second round exit for Philly. And even if they verse like your Toronto or your or your Boston or even uh, Miami. I think Miami have what it takes to take them to seven games. I think Boston will take them to seven games, if not less. Um, I think Toronto can take them to seven games. So I just I don't like Philly this year. They don't have enough shooters around um, around Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and I think those two just don't. I think the chemistry is there, but the problem is there can be as much chemistry in the world, um, but if you don't if you don't mesh with a basketball like if you don't mesh with their basketball style then you're not gonna 
you're not gonna go far especially in the best competition in the world so that's my thoughts on uh philly i didn't want to finish the podcast without uh quickly acknowledging philly because i know i know they're up there and they're meant to be a powerhouse but i just don't think with this with this um with this tandem of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons that they're going to go deep into the playoffs anytime soon so expect an early round uh, an early round exit from from the Philadelphia 76ers and also potential trades over the summer one of one of the two um, big name players in Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons might be out of Philly um, so yeah that wraps up another another episode of sports talk um my name is mitchell gambin and as always it's been a fun fun time um talking through uh make sure you leave your feedback in apple podcasts uh message the hustler page on instagram on twitter now um tell me what you like about it tell me what you'd like me to talk about um i didn't talk about it in our today didn't get around to it uh but with the with the season around the corner um, next week or the week after there will definitely be a lot of talk about it and then come season time there will be a lot of a lot of previews and reviews etc just talking about the NRL um, a sport that I really do love and yeah just just um, leave a review on Apple Podcasts if, if, you, if you enjoyed this if you didn't leave a review one star I couldn't care um, I'll read it, and if the if the feedback is constructive, and you're someone that um, you're someone that I know wouldn't say anything with any malice, and I'll happily take it on board. Um, I'm learning through this, and I I'd I just want I want as much feedback as possible to hone hone my um, craft and perfect my craft, and also just bring you value bring you content that you enjoy listening to so tell me what you liked about it tell me what you disliked um and if you want leave a comment on insta um a dm and um i'll i'll shout some of you out if you do um i'll read them at the end of the podcast each week um but yeah sports talk mitchell gambin signing out